Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew. And as always, I have my two little friends in two little black boxes. Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. Excellent. And Ryan, how about you? Are we pretending like we're not? Like, are we pretending to be a serious podcast right now? Because you guys are talking all serious. We totally fucked up the initial recording, guys. We did it. We have been doing like four years of this. At least let's let's now give a damn, right? Guys, I think what's really important here is that we talk about MeUndies and how <laughs> comfortable. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but HelloFresh no longer advertises on Fox News. So they oh, well, that's good. very generous. No one sponsors us, but... We would accept. Yeah, no, if you want to give me undies, I may even accept that Raytheon money. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I don't think they need help. <laughs> no, but if they wanted to, I don't know. Uh, you know, could, Yemen. <laughs> that's like, I'd swim in that pool. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what? eh, fuck it. That money, that money, the, the, their money exists and spins. So uh, I'll take missile already, guidance chip money. It's already bought and paid for. But regardless of that, in blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ryan, how's your gaming been? Oh, pretty good. Um, ended up playing. We played Eberron last night because we're not recording on a normal day, so that was super fun. I'm about to make Andrew's life very annoying because I'm about to be a level ten artificer. Oh no! Which wow. Means I am going to buy all of the potion making supplies and all of the scroll making supplies. And when you hit level 10, you can crank out two scrolls a day. Oh, no. For the price of, you, like, 12 gold. <laughs> can't you, like, crank out common, uncommon magic yep. items fairly quickly, yep, too? Yeah, un, well, a level 1 scroll is a, is a common magic item. A level 2 right. and up is and 3 are uncommon. So a common mm-hmm. scroll, though, like a level you can do in a day as a normal person. And but now I can do it in half the time at a, in the quarter the cost, so I can crank out lesser restoration scrolls. Never give this man downtime and money. <laughs> Fuck yeah! That's one cool thing I like about this uh, the the artificer, just because they get more attunement slots. Oh like, yeah, that's what they get to do. It's very, that's really cool in my mind. I am looking forward to it for sure. Scott, your gaming, how's it been? Uh, my gaming has been great. Uh, wrapped up a couple of games recently and uh, getting ready to do some more. Yeah, man. I'm looking forward to it. We'll have more news about that in the future, the but future. One, once we have everything like more ironed out. But regardless, as for my gaming, pretty good. We played Cyan last night. That was fun. I turned up the heat on my players and it was super, it was all the better for it. So always try to engage your players by just keep putting stuff in their way yep we got a target now yep 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 one of many always good to have a target yeah uh trying to get in some other gaming because since scott wrapped up uh two of the games i was in i'm sort of like more of a free agent so i'm trying to find a game to play and i hope to uh find that soon probably some dnd likely because that's that's what's available that's the easiest way to do it yeah, I mean it's that's what's what's thick on the ground just because it is what it is. You can definitely find places to find gaming. I mean, there the yeah. the World of Darkness server has games advertised all the time. Yeah, that's the only problem is is it's online gaming is especially with people who are not your friends is a crapshoot. Like oh yeah, it's it's you don't know what table it's, you're getting. It's one of the hardest things. I know so many people who have like just forsaken that sort of rando gaming because they're just like, it's so hard to find good people and a good consistent group that works well with you and, and your schedule. Imagine 
if you will, I have made a large and um, very erudite uh, metaphor for the Great Depression and just taking what you need when you get it. Um, just imagine that I've made that metaphor and that it was very enlightening. Okay. That's a great point, Scott. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I, I just had the core of the idea, but decided to, you know, just fail. Yeah, I get it. You know, now it lives in your head. You're making it for yourself. <laughs> it's almost brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you haven't done anything at all. <laughs> it's almost like you did nothing at all. It's basically procedural generation <laughs> for uh, witty comments. <laughs> you have to come insert your own witty comment here. We're going to head on into the news. Uh, there's a couple things, uh, some interesting things coming around the bend. Uh, do you, the One Ring Kickstarter, uh, this is the second edition for the One Ring, is live and it's last. It's going up right now. It's over a million dollars right Ugh. now. It's got 14 days left. Yep. So people get in on that what's, Hobbit money. What's that? It's, it's the Lord of the Rings new edition of the, the role-playing game. Oh. Yeah, it's called the One Ring. I've, I didn't. I mean, I of course, I knew that was that had to be a thing, but I didn't know it was mm -hmm. so beloved. It was, uh, it was a thing. This is It was about eight years ago or like mm -hmm. 11 years ago that it came out, the first edition. This is obviously the second edition. Um, I don't know that much because I've never played it. I didn't know too much about it. I knew it existed. There's been a couple iterations of Lord of the Rings RPGs in some form or another for the last like 20 years. So, yeah, there was a D&D variant of it at some point, and then yeah, and then they started doing their own thing. There was like the Fellowship. There was like Ventures in Middle Earth is a big one that I've heard uh, people really like. I've heard the One Ring, and I've heard a couple others. Uh, in other news, we have uh, this is actually one of the bigger news is uh, we're going to get a uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender Legend of Korra RPG. I've heard things about that. I haven't like tracked down the, the the information, but the thing that I've heard about that is that there's no character generation. You just play the characters from the show. I don't. The way I've read some of the entries about it, that may not be the case, but I do not know. I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm right and you're wrong. I'm just saying that's just what I heard about it. I haven't I haven't investigated it very deeply, uh, but that's a more that would be really weird if it was. That is a big thing in some places. There are like kind of like in the original uh, Dragons of Autumn Twilight Dungeon Advanced Dungeons and Dragons box set in the Dragonlance setting you did not play as your own guys. You played as Tasselhoff motherfucking Burfoot like you it's you have the characters put out for you much like, you know, the intro games mm -hmm. for star Wars and stuff. It's just like, Hey, this is your dude. Like you're this guy, but it would be so much weirder to me. Like I just, I hate that. Like, let me just set for that. I think it's fucking ridiculous. Like you're going to tell me to write like weird fan fit. You're making me write weird fan fiction about these characters. And I'm not into that. Like, I don't mind them doing that. Like, oh, here's all the stats for the characters. You can play them if you want. They're the pregens. But give me rules to make my own dude. Like, yeah, we'll see if they can, like, if anyone wants this thing exists, if people will extrapolate out. Uh, it's from Magpie Games, I believe, or? Yes. Let me double check. I was actually looking for that. Yes, Magpie Games. Yeah, they have the license. 
Uh, okay, it looks like, uh, let's see, rise, rise to Meet Their Destiny. Players will be make characters using the playbooks, templates that help players build and play compelling okay. protagonists. And that was it. It was powered by the apocalypse. Oh. That's right. So they may have playbooks for, like, specific type characters, ar- uh, archetypes from the from the show. All right. But that's that's how that works. Gotcha. Fair enough. Yep. I mean, that's cool. Yep, yep, yep. I'm okay with that. Yep. That sounds fun. I mean, yeah, as long as yeah. there's a way to make dudes, great. Yeah, as long as I can, you know, run run the story of there actually being a dark avatar like like there should have been in the show. Like, I can't believe they just left that on the left out on the ground. I didn't watch the last couple seasons of Korra, so uh, you should. They're very good. They're just not the story of the rise of the dark avatar and the eternal cycle of uh, you know dark versus light being substantiated in that manner, which I think would have thought would have been really badass. In other news, we also have now the Kickstarter is passed and you can now order it is the Sentinel Comics role playing game, aka the Sentinels of the Multiverse role playing game. So basically, that card game that uh, about comic book superheroes that isn't a comic book at all, like doesn't exist in comic books, has a role playing game. So, and that is by. But it does uh, not have a motherfucking comic book, okay? It doesn't. It does not. No, I have a distinct feeling they're going to be comic book panels inside. Oh yeah, most certainly. <laughs> what are you fucking deaf? I said don't at. No, sorry, I lost my. I lost my. Focus. Yeah, Sentinels is a fun time. Like you can you can get up to some shit in in that board game. I, I yeah, I've I played the uh, I played the computer version. It was pretty fun. Yeah, three dollars for the thing. So I was like, okay, that's cool. Also, if it does all the rules for me, it that, yeah, that yeah, game that's... actually does have enough. Um, weird timing rules where it's like man i think we definitely played this wrong yeah Um, yeah i played it in the real life no no i agree it's complicated enough that the that the computer version is like the best version of it because it just it handles everything it just shows you what you can do yeah just tell me what i can do man don't yeah, the timing mechanisms and all that are are handled by don't worry about on the back end don't worry about interrupts or when a card can be played yep yep uh, yeah, so that's by, uh, like I said, that's by Greater Than Games. So check that out. I'll have a link in the show notes, of course. Um, there's not much other notes. Uh, we got another, We got our first Unearth Arcana from Wizard of the Coast uh, post Tasha's, which is not bad. It's gothic lineages. Like they're branching yeah. out this concept of like, not just starting, like this is something you could be at the beginning or you potentially could switch to during game. They have like a new concept is like dual types. You are... Uh, like a humanoid NFA. You are Dampier. Yeah, yeah. There's there's literally a Dampier one. There's the Reborn, which is basically a construct or an like an undead, like a skeleton or a zombie or something. And then there's the Hexblood, which is like weird proto-hag. Yeah, you're like a proto. Fae-blooded. You're kind of a proto-hag, so yeah. Yeah. They're neat. They're interesting. They got some... They're working with some good juice. I like them. So we'll see where to, there's definitely got to be a, like a gothic setting book or something coming out soon. Like straight up, like a Libra's Morda. I think they just did it to supplement Straw. I mean, yeah. it feels like they did it to supplement Straw a bit, honestly. It could be. We could be getting like not another edition of Straw, but like a Barovia setting book. I don't know, dude. I think they may have just done it as a. Or maybe like a Shadowfell. Shit out there. That would also be good. I'd, I'd be down for the Shadowfell supplement. They're like, ooh, that could be part of a planar book. Could be. Could be. I mean, Escape. I mean, that could be. Anyways. It could be the beginning of a of a string of lineages. We also got some gothic. Previously, we got some gothic, like oriented subclasses. Mm-hmm. So, 
there's definitely a package there, and we'll we'll uh, keep our eyes peeled for that. So we're gonna head on into the main topic of today, which is GM anxieties. Man, I had a little, I had to do a big think about this one. Yeah. So there's a a penny arcade comic uh, a couple years back uh, that described uh, kind of like not so much GM anxieties, but like the ideal solution to them. Uh, wherein you like craft lovingly wooden mannequins uh, to be your players and then just you know <laughs> have them be there at the table and then you just go like that's, oh, wow. that's you just go you just tell uh, yeah yeah I, I was gonna be like the cheap shot joke of like just don't run and you won't have those anxieties but no no that's no. not it, the it, point it is uh, you know to just have blank canvases that are very very well crafted. Uh, you know, enough to sort of, you know, be at the be at the lip of the uncanny valley. Are you are you like suggesting a new business for venture to me? Are you trying to <laughs> something right now? It feels like you're trying to. Oh, my God. Instead right of now. like sex dolls, yeah. like sex yeah. dolls, you have game dolls. Real gamer boys and real gamer girls. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to real GGs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, branding real right GGs there. Real We're good. We're solid guy. Yeah, get your table to get like you no, know, just be like no. They 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 are competent enough to role play a character, and uh, they won't give you any bullshit. <laughs> true. They know when to keep their fucking mouths shut. Nah, <laughs> that's that's unkind. Yes, it very much is. But the reason why the joke lands so well for us is that can be an anxiety in gaming in game mastering is because you are there as a performer in some respects. There is a lot on the plate of a game master, a dungeon master, a storyteller, story guide, whatever you want to call them, the admin, the person running the game. There's a lot going on. And one of the things before a game is wrapping your head around sort of, lack of better term, anxieties about the game, like all the getting all everything sort of lined up and sort of presented um what do you think like let's go over some basics of what do you guys think are some basic anxieties that are common anxieties i should say that gms have oh well i mean mine is are are you guys having any fun like that's yeah a, that's a that's a good one that's right there an important one it's like i don't i would be scared like i am terribly afraid to ask my rhyme group if they're enjoying themselves like I know I put a lot of effort in and I would be mildly upset if they were not having a good time. And I don't there. And see, I'm not usually some of them. I can tell one of them. I can't. Oh. And I don't know if he listens to this, but that's okay. We won't worry about that. But uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like it, it's hard to tell because we're gamers and sometimes we talk in flat effect about stuff that we actually like a lot. And sometimes it's complete other way around. Yeah, I can definitely agree with you. I've had that before. Um, even actually, I'll just read that sign game that uh, I ran for Scott and Friends last night. Um, afterwards, I didn't. I, I did sort of ask some people privately if they had fun, but it's always bothersome when I said, "Did you have fun?" Because, and this is just personal anxieties here of like, I've never heard anyone say, "No, I'm not having fun." When I've asked, "Are you having fun?" Um. Well, well, Matt, I would be if I. I'm at, at a point in my life now where I promise you, if you, <laughs> if I had a bad session and you ask me how I, 
whether I had fun or not, I'm going to tell you I didn't. <laughs> I will now be like, here. now, don't get me wrong. I'll be very diplomatic about it. I'll be like, okay, here's my concern. But, <laughs> I, but yeah, I mean, I don't hold back on that shit anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Um, I think probably one of my personal biggest GM anxieties uh, is scheduling. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, especially when you don't have a... Um, but when you, when you aren't blessed with the confluence of, hey, we've decided this is our game night and it's, it's going to happen, you know, hooker by crook and everybody is, you know, kind of bought into, yeah, this is the game night. Uh, you know, that's the ideal situation where you, you know, can have it on a schedule and people mostly, uh, you know, attend it. Um, just trying to get people at the table for, you know, any kind of, for any, with any kind of consistency. Uh, if you don't have that level of like buy-in and commitment from your player group. Yeah, absolutely. Like everyone's got to be on board to sacrifice a little bit of their time and schedule to make it happen. Mm -hmm. um, and that can be anxiety inducing, especially, and this is more related to bigger projects that Scott and I have been involved in or a part of is like trying to get so many people on the same page at the same time and getting everyone to meet up at the right time and everyone's schedules just being completely wrong. Like just does, they don't really line up. So it's, it's a very big hassle. And the anxiety is because without a schedule, you have no game. It doesn't exist. Yeah. You have to be able to, you have to, you have to be able to rein people in and, and uh, herd the kittens as it were. Uh, and I don't like it. <laughs> I'm not a fan. No, uh, no, no. But if you sit in that chair, then you're kind of ha you kind of have to be the kitten herder. Yeah, you made the choice. Uh, that's yeah, you did. That's a, that's a segue to another sort of. So when we say GM anxieties, we don't just mean like the problems or the responsibilities of the GM, but that's part of it. So let me let me be very clear about that. But it, part of the anxieties is like you have this responsibility to schedule with people and to keep people organized because you ostensibly are there to run the game and have people only be really worried about one character mm -hmm. and that's it it's their time to truly sort of relax and be the character for a while and they don't really have to deal with it well it's also the um another, another one would be uh getting people to buy in on like either the overall theme of what's going on or you know tonight's adventure uh, like, you know, having, you know, the anxiety of, okay, well, I'm pretty sure this is what they're going to do in this situation. So I'm going to prepare for this and whether or not that effort is going to be go to waste or whether you're going to have to just do shit on the fly or, you know, you know, if, if it's going to hit right, uh, that just sort of the, the, are they going to, are they going to go on this ride with me? Yeah, that's a, that's a, another good one. Um, just the idea of, I am not sure what's going to happen. The 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 Schrodinger's cat of gaming. Mm -hmm. It is both is a plan and is not a plan all at the same time. When you like, I have designed this adventure. I hope people enjoy it. Hope people engage with it. And then they get the PCs decide to do something extremely out out of the box. Yeah. Sometimes they just do shit you don't expect. It's like they don't. And that can be an anxiety that you have to sort of obviously wrestle with at the beginning is like, that's where just raw experience, I believe, as a game master comes in of not just predicting what you think your players will do, 
that's one thing. But going, if I was playing this, what are the many different ways in which you could branch off of sort of these choice points? Yeah. Where, where, what, what, not just what would you think, what would do, what could anyone do? And then being able to go, okay, let me write something into my notes that say, if they do X, I'm going to do Y. Right. I mean, the, the urge to write the, the, the logic tree is always there, right? Like Mm -hmm. how many contingencies do you plan for? (laughs) And the answer is about two. The actually just like, okay, here are two things that the yes and the no, and here's the everything else that they could possibly do. We'll just worry about it if that happens. Yeah, that's that's like my one of my styles for like designing is like, okay, here's the scenario I'm presenting. They could go many different ways with it, but I trust myself enough and have combated to go, okay whatever happens, I will be able to reason it out. Like I trust myself. And that's where wrestling the anxiety is a very important because once you are able to sort of have confidence and sort of get over that, you'll be able to have, you don't necessarily have to prepare as much for gaming because you are confident in your ability to improv what you need when you need it. Yeah. I think like it, it's the, the, the skill of understanding the base state of your world. Like understanding like generally what's going on, who the major players are, you know, what, what their motivations are. Um, And if you have that, you know, especially for like the, the area of the world where your players are, um, then you can, you can move on the fly a lot easier if you do that, because then you can just run sort of like the little algorithm of, okay, they're, they're interacting with this person in this way this is their motivation for, you know, what they want to do with their lives. This is how they're going to react. Uh, Like, you know, if if someone is, you know, dedicated to their cause, but not necessarily dedicated to, you know, doing things the way they want to do them, if they're, if they care more about the results than the way that things get done, then the creative PC can say like, Hey, why don't we just like give you some money and make this go away? (laughs) I've done that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've definitely done that. Uh, another anxiety, I think, and this is a little bit more on the like the rules end of it, is like the anxiety of feeling like you need to master the rules over your players, and that's not necessarily the case. I'm just going to flat out say you don't, as a game master, you don't necessarily have to know all the rules all the time. However, I do insist, or at least encourage that you become comfortable with the rules so that because people are going to look to you as a leadership position and be like, what what's your call gm what what does this work or does it not work the way i've said it works it's very important but i understand how exactly that it can be a little nerve-wracking especially with a new game if you've never played played it before i did that with cyan a lot mm-hmm. yeah yeah you really have to to be to to understand when another five minutes of of leafing through the rule book is just not gonna result in a good game like yeah, uh, that that's that's an area of confidence that you really need to develop to be like, all right, well, this might not be the way it works, and it might not be the way it works in the future, but this is how it's happening now. Yeah, the actually, you bring up a great point. That's that's very immediately anxiety-inducing. Is when the game stops, you have to look up a rule, and 
because it's a tense situation and you're trying to quickly look through the rule book, you, you just have this pressure in the back of your mind going, you need to keep things going. You need to keep the action going. You don't want to stall out with your friends and you want to keep things moving. And that can be problematic. So it's okay to take a moment and go, you know what? It doesn't, as Scott said, it doesn't work. It doesn't by the rules work like this, but we're going to go with it for right now because I want to get on to the next thing. If you are someone who loves to be creative, um, there can be this is sort of tied into a few things we've already talked about, but it's the idea of because you're telling a, a story with that's collaborative that things you've got to be okay with things not going your way as a game master. And I know it can be anxiety inducing when you're like, well, the players are just not doing what I want them to do. It's like, well, hold on, check your expectations there, buddy. That's, that's more of less of just a raw anxiety of like just being nervous and more of like your perception about your role as a game master and what you're here at the table to do. So be mindful of that. If you have if you have a big plan and you have the way that you think things should go, you need to realize that you know you're not the only one telling the story. Mm. Uh, you're you're not the only one in charge, uh, and you know it's it's your responsibility to you know if if you're you're dedicated to things going a certain way or get getting to a certain point then you need to have to have the back and forth of saying like, okay, well, I want things to go in this direction. I want this to, to, you know, be where we, where we end up. You have to have the flexibility to say like, okay, well, how we get there is, you know, mostly up to the players. Like they're going to do what they're going to do. And it's your responsibility to make it work on the back end. Of okay, well, this, 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 we're still going where I want you to go, but you're going a different direction to take it, and that's going to change things when we get there. There's, there's also, I mean, this, this is, uh, this is probably more true if you're doing stuff with randos. Uh, but what if someone's a shithead? Yeah, yeah, that would be like if you're about to be like, man, I need this game so bad, and I invited some people, and it turns out one of them is a butt yeah what if one of them's a butt i saw it's like oh no i saw a twitter about a tweet by them what if they're racist i don't know i'm just being silly but yeah, yeah. I mean, what if you're what if one of your players is an asshole that's always a huge uh huge I, I actually on the on the reverse end just an anxiety of gaming is i've gone to rando games and i'm like oh this gm's gonna run a game i need to look up all their social media as much as i can find because i need to know if this person's awful or not yeah because yeah, yeah. The 40k universe as oh, the fandom. Oh yeah. Oh boy. I have to be very. I love 40k. Remain vigilant. I can. I have to be very careful because there's some shitty, shitty people in that fandom, and I have to be like. Well, you know, I mean, you can only. I mean, a, a good, good thing you could pretend to be Jewish, and uh, you know, <laughs> go that flag <laughs> up there because <laughs> you know, hey, you'll find the Nazis. <laughs> Uh, thankfully on Reddit, you can look at somebody's like profile and you can look, basically look at all their public responses to things. Mm -hmm. So that helps. Yeah. That, that's usually where you would oh, God, like scope was... out some rando. God, I yeah, forget Twitter as well. I forget... where you can just go and get all the, see all their tweets. I forget where it was. Someone, I think it was a Reddit thing. Someone had like a Reddit script that, uh, just like you could run it on someone and it would just show you all the instances where they said the N word. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's awesome 
like, hey, you this is this is out there, man. You've said it like these times and these places and these instances. So uh, that's who you are as a person. Yeah. And I even looked at the context of this stuff. No. <laughs> you were you didn't put quote you didn't put quotation marks around it, and you shouldn't have anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the uh yeah, so that's actually an anxiety for a GM and a player for more random characters like is this new group going to be a problem? Is there going to be a problem person in this group? Um, that can already just happen as a social experiment because all fr- you can have friends of many different uh, stars and stripes, but not all of them make good gamers at a game table. Oh yeah, I mean there's oh some, yeah yeah, I mean, there are some and so some I wouldn't want to some people you could walk in to go. This may go very poorly, and sometimes when especially a new game with new people, you have to go say to yourself, look at yourself in the mirror, and go. This could go very badly, and I'm ready to pull the plug at any second. Mm-hmm. Like, just jettison yourself out of it. I've had to do that to a couple games. I don't feel bad about it, really, because that's Did you just, just like, it's, it's a like, game. Oh, this is going to suck. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, this like, ain't going to work. This is just, this is going to suck too bad. I don't want to deal with this. This is not what I wanted to sign up for. This is not what I wanted. Uh, another one, uh, and this is sort of like a hell of one's own making. <laughs> Uh, is sometimes, as a game master, you want to play a trick on them. Oh, yeah. You want to do something a little bit shysty, and you're not sure if they're like, going to like it or if not. They're gonna, if they're going to, if they're going to see it for what what you intend it as being. Yep. And not they 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 don't take it well. But sometimes well, you well, have they... to trick them. Yeah, sometimes you gotta, but you, yeah, of course, there's still gonna be a lot of like, oh boy, I hope this works. Yep. Yeah, there, there's a com- combination of two anxieties there. One is like, I hope this, I, A, I hope they take this well. B, and I hope they don't like see through it. The other one is, I hope I'm smart enough to pull this off. Yeah. Cause it's just like, well, because I've gone, I'm gonna, should because I, I be doing this? Does this actually, cross the line? Thank you for saying that, Scott. That's probably one of my biggest initial anxieties for game mastering period that I've had to work on is the idea, is my plot or is my story worthy of grunting? Well, yeah, that's a, is this a good, is this a good tale? Like, yes. Yeah. I mean, I know that one pretty well. It's like, man, I sure hope that when you look at this in totality, this turned out to be a good one and not a dumb one. And I think the only thing I've really come to the like hard advice to how to deal with this, that anxiety specifically is go a, it's a game Mm -hmm. B the story. You have an idea of what the narrative will be, but the true story isn't your narrative. It's the, it's what happens along the way with your players. Mm -hmm. That's really the story of the game. And when they look, when your game, when you and your players look back at the game and go, do we have stories to tell other people about the game? You've done, you you've done what you're supposed to do as a game master, as a cultivator of a collaborative story, storytelling is they remember your game and they've expressed it to other people. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's that element to it. It's also the element of um you know is this clever enough is this um something that you know like yeah, i think ryan said like are you gonna are they gonna see through it mm-hmm. 
Oh, uh, you don't uh, want to be a hack either, right? You, you don't want to be a hack. Like the 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 best mysteries are one that can you can always look back and like see all the breadcrumbs that you missed, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, but you know, like I I could have figured this out, but I didn't, and that makes the reveal interesting. Like that's I mean, when I'm reading a book or watching a movie or something, it's like if something like if if I I have the realization of oh I could have figured this out but I was surprised and it was, it was interesting. That's, I love that. That's my favorite. And so that's like, if you're one, if you want to be like a little bit, if you want to be tricky, if you want to do a good mystery, then you kind of have to try and be that way. You have to, you know, have the breadcrumbs and the, the, the dots connect. And that can be very, anxious inducing because. And, and that's a very hard, and that's hard to pull off too, but just on the idea of every time you mention something to the players, it is like you put a spotlight on it, right? Mm-hmm. And therefore, anytime you put a spotlight on something, it's like, I need you to look. You're going to notice this. And that means because one of the classic problems like D&D and a lot of stuff is like, if the GM describes something, it must be important. Yeah. Because you're not going to describe everything in a room right. in, in, in agonizing detail. And sometimes I want, I, I want, I do it just to like, throw some shit off but man oh man that can backfire so fucking badly and it like yep. and if you want to talk about like anxiety it's like all right well what if i say something that just was a nice piece of flavor and they cling to it so tightly mm-hmm. that it's like this was obviously what he meant the whole time it's like no yeah i don't i just wanted to tell you about the architecture or something <laughs> yeah and that's that's you you as a game master in your table, you wield a tremendous amount of power. Yeah. Um, a power which can be derailed at any moment by your players. Well, I mean, sometimes you, you run into the issue of sometimes like you and another play and a player, your your sense of intuitions are just out of sync. Like yeah. you don't speak the same sort of like metaphorical language and you can lay something out as well as you can and they will just, interpret something completely different from from it yeah yeah actually i think that's why a lot of gaming tables a lot of game masters and especially amongst like more familiar people or friends they use a lot of movie and like show references Mm -hmm. because what they're trying to do is get everyone on the same narrative page you know i have a great example of that just from last night because our cleric in the eberron game um resurrected people using revivify Mm -hmm. um which is a big deal um but she needed like she needed context for the importance of having that power like and everyone was just trying to like give her content and it just wasn't landing i'm like okay andrew how many level nine characters are there in the entire world of eberron you said in my world under a thousand to which i said you're a superhero you have superpowers you're a level nine character. You're fucking Batman. Like you're magic. It's just you need to like recontextualize. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like if you, but yeah, if you can just summarize something, I was like, oh yeah, he's doing a Thanos. Oh yeah, right, there we go. He's performing like, oh, he's a Thanos. Thanos. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Or oh yeah, he just he just he just snapped. Mm-hmm. If I say, oh, he just snapped in front of you, you're like, oh, he just turned to ash. This sucks. Yeah, or dusted or something like dusted. Yeah. yeah dusted, that kind of thing. Right. Oh man, here's here's a good one. What? What if you have an NPC 
that wants to that 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 hits on one of your PCs. Oh, that would be like the, that would be like I don't like. Like that. what? What if like romance is a thing that's on the table of your game, and you like do you know, that? I don't know. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. well, no. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm saying like uh, I I'm not saying like no. I this know. is a thing that you should just do. This is like sometimes you play a romantic game. Like if you're playing Monster Hearts. Yeah, it's kind of part of the game. You it's have part to be, of the game. Yeah. Like, you know, flirty banter is part of the game. But good God, if you have some, like, actual anxieties about, you know, romance in real life, and you're not sure how it comes off. Because gamers are awesome at that. Oh, They're yeah, just fantastic. stellar. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean. It's you like, couldn't see Ryan's face when I said that. It was amazing. Because it, it's because you are sitting in a position of power. So uh, you, you and have to be you, so fucking careful. You have to be so fucking careful. But if it's part of the game you're running, uh, or you know, if, if it's something that your player has, you know, told you that they want, that can be rough. Like you can you can mishandle that even if you're going in with everybody, you know, on the same page, just because it's mm-hmm. such a touchy thing. With something like that, I would say, and through most of the advice that we have given on Polyhedron about about these anxieties, I would say a lot of it's like, okay, examine it. Uh, but confront it, right? Mm-hmm. This is one of the few anxieties that I would say, if you are truly uncomfortable, if you are not like 99% confident about what you're doing, better to not do it than to try to do it. Because this has the potential of bringing everything to a screeching halt, destroying the game, destroying friendships, and causing the entire house of cards to be blown away in the wind. Yeah. So I... I I would say if you feel confident enough to do it, do it. And if everyone's on the same page about it, a sad, embarrassing wind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, but it could be very fulfilling. So don't think it's like all problems all the way down. It's it could be very fulfilling. Um, it's something actually I don't see a lot in the gaming that I've been a part of, probably because it's so hard to do, and people do want to be very respectful. Is they haven't really done it in game either with my characters or I've seen it with other characters. It doesn't happen very often. Um, or if it does, it's very much hand-waved. It's like, oh, yeah, you guys go on a date. They're not role-playing. You did a smooch. Yeah, you do You do the thing, fade to white, whatever, moving on. Hot uh, stuff. It, yeah, hot stuff. Um, actually, I'll happily go into an anxiety, and this is more of a real-world anxiety that bleeds into gaming. I'm running Scion. If you're not familiar with science, it's about mythology and it's about real world religions and the real world mythologies being real in the in the world of the setting of the game. And the problem is, all really a lot of these all these religions are rooted in cultures from all over the world, right? Which means I'm a white dude from America who's never really been out of the country. I don't have a lot of breadth of cultural experience, so. You better believe I have a tremendous amount of anxiety trying to present some of these concepts to my players because I'm constantly thinking in my head, am I basically just appropriating this stuff? Am I doing it being respectful? Matt, I can say as long as you don't try to do an accent, (laughs) unless you just don't, that's probably for the best. White people accents are fine, but you know what the fuck I'm talking about. Don't, Don't like... Try to talk with a Jamaican. If you someone channels the Orisha, you know yeah, that's. I, I, I need to get the transatlantic accent down. That'd be fun. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> uh, I don't like it because <laughs> it's a fake accent. 
It's literally a fake accent. It doesn't exist. It's just something people. It's oh wow, a way rich people wanted to put on airs to so to make themselves look classier than poor's. Got it? Yeah. Oh, it was. Uh, it was also. Um, it was advertising. Oh, really? Yeah, it was because people in Br- England and Br- uh, Britain couldn't really understand American like type stuff, like oh. commercials and the like. And in America, people couldn't understand British accents, so people developed actively developed the transatlantic accent in order to let everyone understand everyone else. And it became a thing for a little while. Still as stupid as I thought it was. Okay. <laughs> Build them. But regardless of all that, uh, that, that uh, sidebar, uh, the, like the idea of like presenting cultures in the right way and trying not to be offensive, even though you're just with your buddies, you're not showing anyone's it's just your friends but it's just good to you're trying you. to be a good dude. Just try to be a good, yeah. Try to be a good person, even when no one's looking. Yep. Because that's how you actually be a good person. <laughs> I don't want to be a shit and present these weird cultures and um, games like Scion, and that's because of their nature of using real world inspiration directly. You may need to do a little more reading than just the book to mm-hmm. really kind of nail it down if you have those anxieties you're going to have to put a little more work into what you're presenting uh in order to do it correctly and not be offensive also it the more informed you are the probably the better the game will be yeah yeah that's why i do a lot of extra reading for star wars and stuff because i feel like you know if you bring if, if you just lay down fun little side historical facts that are like hey this is what this planet was used for and that thing that you might have actually seen like if you want to know what the fuck I'm talking about, here's a reference to this pop culture thing. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I've really appreciated when Ryan during Star Wars, you'll rattle up some fact or some will say something and you go, oh, you mean this thing and that, 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 and you just go. And I'm like, oh, Ryan really knows what I'm really knows his stuff. Like, it makes me feel confident that Ryan knows what he is talking. The crazy about. part is, guys. I'm a real shitty Star Wars fan. Like I'm pretty low tier in terms of like my <laughs> overall knowledge of Star Wars. You wouldn't know it from like me being able to rattle off what I do, but there are some people out there, dude. They read all Yeah, I don't want to meet those books. people. No, I'm fine. I'm oh, good. Nice I like Star Wars. I don't like Star Wars that much. That's all right. No one likes Star Wars that much. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And also, uh, we'll wrap it up here a little bit, but also the classic uh, imposter syndrome. We've already sort of mentioned it, but also the idea of, is my game being cliche? Yep. Am uh, I just, that can be an anxiety inducing for Am some I people. just doing this one movie? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a... I think that's always the worst. Let's wrap it up with a story. I have a story. Ooh, story time. Oh, boy. My players in Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Uh, he is a, you know, Warhammer gamer loves, you know, he's been gaming a long time, LARPer, and he was only in one other D&D game before I invited him into Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. And he jumped, like, he jumped at it so voraciously. I'm like, okay, wow. He's like, oh, well, that's because the only other game I play meets once a month, has 12 people in it, and is basically just uh, him doing Game of Thrones and changing some names. Oof. Uh, that only works in my head if he really, really knows nope. Game of Thrones. Okay, well then that does no, not work. No, at he all. really knows Game. Oh no, 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 he really knows Game of Thrones. But like, 
you're just doing but, the books. But it's just the books, bro. <laughs> and your PCs are there for some reason. And it's like he renamed some of the characters. Um, and then recently there was the six MacGuffin things and the rod so that he could, you know, take control of the universe and wipe out people. So it became <sighs> Game of Thrones and... I like MacGuffin plot lines, guys, but and unfortunately, Infinity Wars just destroyed that as, like, fodder for games. M well, mostly just the... But yes, that's the story. I know a guy <laughs> who's in a game that's just Game of Thrones. <laughs> and it's not even just set in the world of Game no, of Thrones. No, it's just Game of Thrones. It's, just, it's, the it's just the books. It's just Game <laughs> of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully this conversation wasn't anxiety-inducing for anyone listening out there. Uh, so... Huh. We, yeah, if you have any questions, concerns, if you have want to talk, tell us about your anxieties, it's always you can always email us at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> I mean, okay, honestly, though, if you need to like, if you really need to talk about your anxieties, though, hit Talkspace. The, and they're not paying, just go get help, please. <laughs> <laughs> but do know that gaming anxieties they can be problematic and frozen, but just remember always when it comes to just gaming, it's a game, it's you can start, you can stop, you can do whatever you need. It's not the end of the world. You can dance if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. Because if your friends don't dance. And if they don't dance, then well, they're no friends of mine. They're no friends of mine. They're just no friends of mine. And this musical interlude was brought to you by Polyhedron. And me undies. And me undies, and me undies. please. Yes, yes. Please. yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so from everyone here at Raytheon, go where your fun is. Go throw some knife missiles. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. Matthew here. If you enjoyed the show, you can always contact us at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, as well as at polyhedroncast on Twitter. And if you want to get in touch with me, I'm at Divis Melkab on Twitter. And I'm at Arjuus, R-J-U-O-U-S on Twitter. And if you really want to show your support and get some extra content on the side, head on over to patreon.com slash polyhedron.